for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. On today's edition of Blue Collar Elk Hunting, if you're privileged to know Armando Martinez, then you have already been affected by the man's infectious smile and the positive energy that this dude just emits everywhere he goes. But forget all that harmonious kumbaya stuff. We're here to talk about all things elk, and I'm going to make sure we do with Armando. Him and I are going to talk about the tried and true gear that has become his go-tos while hunting elk and other species. We're also going to talk about the biggest challenges for him that he has seen with elk hunters during his years as a guide, his own personal challenges, and some of the key things that now make the difference for him in the elk woods. So y'all, pull up a chair, adjust your volume just right, and welcome to a special edition of Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the show, everyone. I have with me one of my favorite folks in the whole world. You might know him as Mr. Bo Hitch. I don't know. I don't know if the Mrs. Bo Hitch would take that, but I know him <laughs> as a great father, a passionate, successful hunter, and someone that really makes the world a better place. And you, you know what, bud? I'm so proud of you. It's so amazing that such a withdrawn, social degenerate like yourself could uh, <laughs> could turn their life around the way you have. <laughs> Welcome, Armando Martinez. Man. Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I'm going to climb out of my shell just for this episode, you know. <laughs> oh dude man i just like i was like man i what i mean it's so hard to say anything bad about you man i mean you know and i'm like man i just can't let him get away with it on the show starting off like this man <laughs> oh man i love it i love it it's uh like the old saying goes you know i used to hold the flashlight for my dad so i could take it joe bring it on <laughs> I can take it. Yeah. Between uh, between that and the fire department, um, you develop some pretty thick skin. 
Yeah, you know, I, I've I've always wondered about that whole fire department thing, man. Because we, you know, we watch all the, my my wife loves Chicago Fire. You know, that's that's one of her things that she likes watching. And all I can remember is every time I went by there, man, somebody was washing a truck or somebody was cooking a dinner. Or... <laughs> that that's facts. That is true. That's the real Chicago Fire there. Yeah, I know, yeah. to all my brothers, man, out there that uh, and sisters that are that do that incredible job that keep all of us safe and uh, every day put themselves on the line. Uh, I just want to thank you. And Armando, I want to thank you for all the years that you put in doing that, man. Just unbelievable um, commitment to people and communities, you know, the way you guys do what you do. Thank you, brother. Honor, honored and privileged to be able to do it. Um, I really think everybody has a calling to do what they're supposed to be doing. You know, God puts us where he wants us. And I didn't know that that's where I was supposed to be. But uh, 20 years came and went really quick. And it, um, I was able to do a lot of really good things for a lot of people. And, uh, and you know, I guess the ultimate deal is leave it better than you found it. And and I, I believe that uh, the division I left and the department I left was better, better when I was gone, you know, than, than when I found it. So it was cool. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, shout out to all the all the boys and girls in, in red and blue. And I was the police and the fireside. So uh, all, all first responders, anybody who goes out and deals with bad things on a daily basis, like huge shout out to you guys. Um, I, I didn't really realize what we were doing at the time, you know, kind of when you're in the forest, you can't see, you know, yeah, the yeah. forest through the trees. Right. And now that I'm, and now that I'm gone and I see these calls on the side of the road or you just remember there's certain smells and certain things that bring it back. And it's like, that was, that was pretty, you know, it was pretty high speed stuff. That was some Chicago fire stuff that happens every day, you know, uh, around the country, not just in Albuquerque, really it happens every day. So Kudos to to those of you who answered the call and and are um, are doing that work and and protecting people and and sharing your gift. Uh, it's it's a cool thing. Yeah, and you haven't stopped being cool, dude. I mean, uh, you just kind of changed shirts a little bit, and uh, I mean, you found a way in your next career here to be able to do a lot of that as well and some incredible positive stuff. And you're still real deep in the community, helping them out. Uh, I know that besides um, what's going on right now uh, with the random acts of kindness giveaway that you're doing on Instagram that you guys have done every year for, I don't know, what is this, like third? This, Yeah, this is year three. Yeah, year three of this, man. And it just gets bigger and better. And everybody that gets involved with that is so cool. But you're always doing things in the community as far as drives for clothes, drives for shoes, food, and different things like that. And your kids and, and your family are involved in that. And, you know, uh, it's it's so cool um, from me on the outside looking in at all of those and, and seeing how you involve your family in, in the whole giving process and awareness and perspective process of what's happening to people around them in their communities. So um, great job, dad. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's the best compliment you could ever get. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, everybody that does know you connects you with the bow hitch, right? Um, uh, you're that uh, you and Doug, 
um, have uh, done this, have created the bow hitch and actually simply savage solutions, right? Because it goes beyond the bow hitch. And I'll just let you explain what you do and, and where you guys have gone with it. Sure. So the, the business is actually named Simply Savage Solutions. And uh, when we started our business, Doug and I, it was, uh, we, we had the name, we had the LLC, the bank account and all the stuff you have to do to start a business. And that was Simply Savage Solutions. We actually didn't have a name for the bow hitch. We didn't know what it was called. And we literally for a couple of years before we launched the product had, had no idea what it was called. So when we've made our first samples and our first bag toppers actually say Simply Savage Solutions because it didn't have a name. And uh, one day I was driving home and uh, a buddy of mine, an old cowboy, he called me up and we're just kind of, you know, shooting shit. And he's like, well, how's that thing you're doing? And I was like, what are you talking? And he's like, that that thing you made. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, it's cool, man. Like it actually works. I went hunting with it and it, it, it is really, it is amazing. It works. You're going to love it. I can't wait to get you one. So he's like, well, what do you call it? <laughs> I started laughing and I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know. We don't, we don't have a name for it. Like we haven't thought of anything cool. <laughs> so he says, well, what does it do? And I was like, well, you kind of just put it on your bow and then you hitch it to your pack and that's it. And then it just sits there. And he's like, we'll call it a bow hitch. And that was it, dude. <laughs> I mean, I remember where I was on the freeway. I was driving home, you know, and, and, and I was like, dude, I was like, Billy, I got to call you back, dude. I got to call Doug. And so I hung up with him and I called Doug and I was like, bro, the bow hitch. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. And that that uh, that was it, man. That's that's how we got our name and how uh, how the bow hitch came to, you know, the, the name of the bow hitch came to be. Isn't but um, crazy, man. Just I mean, we we so overcomplicate something. Over, oh, you know? <laughs> oh, we, we always do that. And I think that's one of the benefits of what we're trying to do, especially with our new products and going back to Simply Savage Solutions. Mm -hmm. It's in the title, Simple keep keep it simple like the kiss acronym keep it simple stupid you know yeah. and people we have to remind ourselves of that in the fire and on the police side all the time because you want to overcomplicate things and what do i you know it's just very easy to do even in the hunting world let's do this and let's do this and it's like bro let's be patient yeah. let's not overthink this yeah. he's calling we're yeah. here we're yeah. gonna have to meet at some point let's just everybody chill out so with with the simply savage solutions we really try to make it a point to keep everything as simple as possible to where when you are in the heat of the moment you don't have to think about it it's just such an easy operation with whatever we have that it just happens yeah i think that i think that's the great part I and mean, when you when you really think about all of those great inventions or creations that are out there how many times you find yourself going dude that's so simple why didn't i think of that right you know yes absolutely it, the best things are the simplistic things that because they're there to do a task to make our life easier and you know um if if you any of our listeners out there have never heard of the bow hitch itself i always put the two words together and it just seems like it goes together to me and uh if you've never heard of it <clears throat> today armando and i are going to talk elk we're going to talk gear we're going to talk about some different parts of gear we're going to talk about things that he does with gear and and how that is probably the opposite of, because 
one reason I wanted you here with me, Armando, to talk about gears because I am the least person to talk about. I am the most simple person in the woods, other than Manano. You know, Manano doesn't take anything in the dang woods, man. <laughs> you know, he just ends up taking everything from everybody else. So it's smart, you know. Uh, but so I wanted you on that end because I, I, there's a couple things that I do, and for me to use an item. Um, that goes beyond my bow, my broadhead, my arrows, my pack, the camo on my body, you know, my scent checker and the calls in my mouth and my grunt tube. But for me to go beyond that stuff, that's really, you know, food and water in that and TP. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Besides, you know, that stuff, I don't need a whole lot when I'm out there. And there's some things that I've added over the years and we'll kind of talk about that, but I really wanted to have you to talk about that. And also, man, because everybody knows you as the guy that has the bow hitch and they see you hooking it up to a bow and they see you hooking it up to a rifle and they see now you guys are, have got attachments so that you can hook it up to um, if somebody's carrying a, a shooting setup or if they're, if they're uh, carrying tripods for photography. I mean, that's the only thing I'm like, well, where was this at one point for me? <laughs> because, you know, if you've ever had to carry any of that stuff as a guide or as a hunter, you know, it, yeah, <laughs> carrying it, it sucks, right? <laughs> and, and for me, like bow carrying systems, and that's what the bow hitch is, y'all. The bow hitch is not just, for me, it's a bow carrying system because I don't, I don't even own a rifle. Um, and now I'll actually be using it for tripods and actually to carry shooting stuff. Um, what is that, bogs? You know, like if I take somebody with yeah. bogs, that's a heavy deal. And man, to have that attachment totally changes the game, right? But for me, um, the bow hitch is a bow carrying system. And I've never been a fan of bow carrying systems as a guide as a guide for almost 30 years, if somebody brought in any kind of bow carrying system, I immediately slings, I don't care what it was, I immediately had them take it off, leave it, because we've just lost too many opportunities because of it, right? And, you know, when I first met you and saw the bow hitch and, and we met at Hit or Miss Archery, got a chance to put it together right there, see how it was, see what it did. Um, and again, the first thing in my mind was, you said, dude, I was like, how long is this going to take? You're like, uh, you time me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it didn't take very long at all to get on my bow. I mean, like a minute and a half for you to get the screen. Probably that's it. Yeah. I, I, it, it, it literally, it's going to take you less than two minutes. Let's put yeah. it that way. Right. And what it's going to save you. So um, it's a, the, the great thing about it is, is we've used it and I have guys on my crew, our whole crew uses the bow hitch. And uh, we have guys that when I first, you know, you introduced it to me to introduce to them, they were like, no, I don't think so, man. And, they, and it was like, well, you know, Da, 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 and they're like, okay, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to try it, but I'm most likely I'm not going to like it. Luis, you know, Luis is just, yeah. <laughs> he's so straight up, man. Uh, I'm just not going to like it. So we went out and we ended up hunting in an area that had a lot of blowdown. And by the time that evening that we got home, 
Luis was like, I'm making commercials. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to promote <laughs> this thing. It's like this, it honestly, man, it, it kept us from injuring ourselves by freeing up our hands. Um, I've packed out animals where I didn't have to worry about packing my bow up on top of my pack or trying to do that whole thing. I had it just right there hooked on as I was going out. Um, you know, if you're, if you're packing out and you need to use sticks, you know, your bow is just right there. The other great thing about it is that I found is, is I had actually a guy, a buddy that was hunting with me that had another product, a product that mounted on the back of his pack. And going through the stuff that we went through, he lost three arrows, right? Never knew where they dropped, when they dropped, how they dropped. It's just because of them hitting the fletch. It popped it off where the way I carry mine on my left side, my my uh, quiver of arrows actually stays against my hip and keeps them actually in the quiver and protected when I go through stuff so that I'm actually able to lead my bow as I go through. So um, I just can't say enough about it. And this, you know, uh, this isn't going to be a, a bow hit show, but that's your product along with, and let's see, what do you call the other the other device. So the, 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 the other sling is called the solution. So um, the solution will work with your rifle, scope, non-scoped, your crossbow, which is huge for the Eastern industry. Anybody with the crossbow, uh, muzzle loader, anything with the two swivels, with the two studs to carry your traditional sling, our new solution will work with that. And um, so that that's one option. And then the other one that you brought up is we have our tripod sling. And it's just that it's a sling for your tripod and, and we'll get into that and why we came up with it uh, as we talk about the hunting and especially the guiding, right? because that has been a hole in the market that needed to be plugged. And so we're going to get the ball rolling on that. Right. And if anybody, you know, um, we're, we'll probably tell them at the end, but if they want to find you guys, what is going to be the URL that they're going to look up? So right now you're looking for the bowhits.com. Uh, eventually you guys will see it change over to simply savage solutions. Um, it's the same, same people, same store. We'll, we'll probably get, you know, the bow hitch page and redirect it to simply savage solutions. That's just the, the new web page that we're building for our business. So either one of those will work. Yeah. And I can tell you, man, um, it's, it's on my bow back here behind me. Um, it, um, it absolutely that's the thing. It has minimal, you don't even know it's there until you need it. Right. That's the great thing about it. And it's just, uh, it's just awesome. So that's the bow, but I wanted people to know because they see you doing that. I wanted people to know you as the hunter you are, man. And I mean, you've, you've guided, you've guided elk hunters. Um, you hunt a lot yourself between yourself, your friends and your kids. I mean, you put some hours in the we, woods. Yeah, we, we put some days in the woods, dude, for sure. And and I, uh, I'm grateful for every single one of them. Yeah, awesome, man. So what I wanted to do um, and what I wanted to talk about is I, I kind of want to start because we have people right now. It's February 1. We're through January. I see everybody doing all these um, things, getting ready, getting ready for 3D shoots. They're doing ruck initiatives. They're starting to look into tags. They're doing, you know, it's tag season. Everybody's looking for that out there, trying to up their game and everything. And 
I think it's real critical early on to really talk about the things, the possible failure points or the challenges or the, and even the things that the tips and the tricks that we know about and start getting that information out there for them so that they have, um, it's so much easier for them to flatten that learning curve, right? Or basically, you know, for all of our listeners out there, you know, if you have struggled, if you have struggled to consistently be successful in the Elkwoods or, and, and when I say consistently, that doesn't even have to be every year. That could be every other year. That's fairly consistent. You know, I've seen some people that, you know, they take an animal every five years. I've seen some people that have hunted for five, six, seven years and never taken an animal. So no matter where you are, all of us, myself, Armando, we're, we're all, if we're not learning, we're losing right? So absolutely. Absolutely. So we're looking to improve. And so I want to start talking about some of those things now to help some people out. So what I wanted to do for you is I want you to tap back to your guiding days, man. And I want you to think about, and let's talk about, it can be expectations. It could be preparedness. It could be equipment. It could be um, process. You know, that's a lot of scenarios. And when you think about those expectations and in, in, is huge, right? Uh, but in all of those, I, I want to talk about some of the biggest challenges that you've seen for elk hunters during your years as a guide or even out there with friends, family, and stuff like that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go into your personal challenges through the years as well and and on your journey and the key things that now maybe make the difference for you in the Elkwoods. So that's kind of where we're going to go with it. All right. Perfect. Let's do it. So let's let's hit that. Let's let's talk about some of those biggest challenges that you've seen for elk hunters during the years that you've been working with them. So uh, on the guiding portion, it was um <clears throat> like there's some very basic things that people need to know when they come into camp. Number one, you're not going to be used to the elevation. You know, 95% of the people that come hunting, they're not physically prepared. Um, some of them can muscle through it, but for the most part, it's such a simple thing. If you're going to come and hunt with us and you're going to spend, you know, eight, 10, 12, 15,000, whatever, whatever it is you're spending on whatever hunt you're going on, why would you not afford yourself the opportunity to get from point A to point B on a daily basis? So I think that's number one, Joe. Like, it doesn't matter how good you shoot, how good you call, what your camo looks like if you can't get your butt up the mountain. It, no, nothing else matters. So for me, when I would walk in and, you know, I meet my hunters and we're around the table where I camp or wherever we meet and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, it's, it's just a very simple, you know, uh, it, technically we're sizing each other up. He's looking at me like, what's this young punk going to tell me? Like, I've been hunting for however long, you know, and I'm like, oh, great. I got, you know, this guy here who, it, it just, like, this is going to be a mess. Like, he's not, he's, he's not ready. Like, now I have to adjust my whole game plan in my head. I have some spots that I wanted to hit. I have some cameras. I have whatever. And now... The, the guide has to adjust his hunting plan for the ability of the hunter. So as a hunter, I think uh, guided, not guided, it doesn't matter. Just get yourself ready. Um, you don't need to start rucking today. You don't need to do anything today. Uh, 
on a big on a big level but you have to start today because september is tomorrow so start walking like that's the biggest thing like for me if if you could stick with me we got a hundred times better chances of killing something um so if you can walk with me if we hear a bull a bull on two ridges over guess what we could we could get to it because i trust you i'm not going to kill you like i've had hunters where i think I cannot go here because this guy might die. Like, you know, you have to think of safety, you know, because it's just a lot of those things like come prepared. If you're going to invest in a hunt, invest in yourself. So you give yourself an opportunity because, you know, the guide can only do so much. Um, Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, a guide, one of the purposes of the guide is, to know where animals are and to be able to take somebody to those animals. But I know exactly what you're saying is that hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings for just about everything for shooting hunting and the outdoors check out midwayusa.com the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the u.s military from 1911 to 1985 while colt produced the original almost every major firearm company has produced its own version it's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger and is still a favorite for all types of shooters Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. That game plan is going to be changed according to the fitness of the person that I'm taking. I can know where all the elk are, man, but if I can't get you there, it doesn't matter. And so your opportunities or, yeah, the amount of opportunities and encounters that you can have can go directly in proportion to your conditioning and your shape. You know, when when you and you start limiting yourself and your condition, um, then you're limiting opportunities. Now, I think that's why people, when they talk just strictly guide, that's why they go to them. They want a professional to find a way to get them there or to get to an animal. But you, again, you're limiting opportunities, and in limiting opportunities. You know, I've had people that have passed on animals when they shouldn't because they're already limited in their opportunities, right? Um, and so, no, that you're totally right. And the word ruck, I just want to tell you, dude, like I've never, this whole Instagram thing has all been new to me since we started the business. So I never talked to other people. I wasn't a military dude. So I never heard the word ruck. And I had, when I, people were talking about I knew that had no clue what they meant by ruck. So basically it's just loading a pack and hiking, right? With a loaded pack. Or that's it. Yeah. That's it. And and to me, you know, that's fine and great. Um, but the more that, this like Armando said, the more that you walk, and it's like this, if I'm going to swim the English Channel, I better be swimming. If I'm going to be hunting elk, I better be walking man i better be hiking and i better be incorporating steps hills step overs and everything like that you know uh the whole backpack thing heavyweight happens once you kill an animal 
So you can consider that 99% of your hunt is going to be with something on your pack without having killed an animal. So you might be looking anywhere from 20, 25 pounds maybe on your back. Uh, so the most important thing I'd say is get walking, get doing hills, do hit stuff, go hard up the hills where you're breathing hard because you got to actually practice those situations so that when you come up on an animal and because that's the thing, Armando, like, let's say you've had guys with you, you heard an animal, they're up over a ridge and you got to take off. And, and then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, you you look back and you can kind of get from the guy's face like if he's looking up the hill, you're like, well, this is going to be, you know, we're, we're, we're probably not going to make it up there on time. But when you look back and he's giving you this number, like, let's go, let's go, you know, oh, yeah. and uh, and 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 it's so important, you know, for you to be on the same page with the guide. I think that's another thing like you're there trust them you're paying like somebody's somebody's paying this guy a wage because they're willing to put their reputation on the line as a business owner to say i entrust you know joe with this hunter i entrust armando with this hunter or jim or whoever's going to be guiding the guy like for an outfitter to succeed it's all based on reputation so don't you know, like just trust your guides that these outfitters can afford to put you with somebody who they don't trust. Um, th there's a lot of reasons for that, but just trust your guide. Like if he says, Hey, we need to zig and you want to zag, just trust him. He's been in this country before you haven't, he's probably hunted this species before more than you have. Like there, there's so many reasons why he's the guide and you're the hunter. So please trust the guides, you know, you might have some questions and you can talk to them after the situation happens. But if you start asking too many questions too early and it sounds like you're questioning, well, why are we doing this? Why wouldn't we go that way? You know, make his play first. And then when you're done, then you can ask, Hey man, can you, can you explain to me why we went up the Canyon or around the Canyon instead of up and over or whatever, you know, whatever the play is. You know, that's when you ask the questions. Help me understand why we did what we did. And, um, you know, a lot of this, Joe, like, you know, of, 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 you know, to you guys and the way you teach and, and what you guys offer with the Blue Collar Elk Academy, like, you can learn a lot of this before you get to the mountain. That way, when the hunter says, there's a bull bugling right there and he's just up above us, but we're not going to go after him. And as a new hunter, you're thinking, what in the world? Like, what? This is the worst elk guide. I just wasted 10 grand. I am pissed. I, I walked all summer for this, and now we're not going to go get him. He's 400 yards away, and we're not going to go. But he doesn't know about the thermals. He doesn't know that's going to change, and this bull's about to bed up. Like, we, we have him where we want him. Let's just leave him, give him some time. Then, instead of running up there and trying to shoot him, we walk in there and we kill him. Like, there's... You know, trust your guide. Like he's he is there for a reason, and uh, you know, he might do things differently than you do. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Like that's a that's something that I think both sides need to to come in with. Because I could go hunting with you, and and I as the guide, I'm just doing nothing but learning from you. You know, there's there's always there's learning that could be done on both sides. It's just the time and the place in which that learning happens, I think, is the important part. You know, 
after the action is taken, then you can have, you know, they call it after action report, a tailboard in the fire department. Like now let's discuss it. Why sure. did we do that? Did it work? What could we change? How could we make it better? Yeah, because that, that I think is important. One thing they don't realize a lot of times is that there's already, if there's things going on in our minds that are just happening, just boom, 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 because we understand the wind, we understand the terrain, we understand where we're at, what time of day, what time of year, what the animal's mood is, all this stuff is going in our head and we're deciphering and working off of that in just seconds and making a move that we know could be kind of a critical move. But to your point about learning some of that stuff before you get there, I know as a guide, it was so much easier when I had somebody that was, for a lack of a better term, a killer, somebody that understood, mm -hmm. you know, how to move when the animal got, you know, close, you know, when they didn't have a shooting lane, how to sli slide over to make sure they had a shooting lane. Um, you know, when I can, whenever I can get off of somebody's shoulder because I have more trust in them and their hunting yeah. abilities as well, so that I can drop back and know that, okay, they'll understand, is this the animal I want? Is it going to be the shot I should be taking? I'm not going to, you know, take anything marginal. I know how to find my shooting lanes. I know when to draw. When they have all of those things down, that frees me up to actually create more opportunities for them. But uh, if and if that's not there now, I got to be on the shoulder of that person, and I've got to now we've become a solo hunter basically because mm -hmm. I have to walk them through, which is the job of a guide if that's where they're at, right? But you know, and and we're talking guide here, and a lot of our people are DIY people, and, and I know as guides we see things that absolutely apply to when we're with them as just partners or friends or you know hunting out there as well, because everything we're talking about applies. Every friggin' thing, you know, the whole conditioning. When I have a partner that's like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna go hunting with you. And I'm like, man, you can't even get up my steps to my room up there. You wanna go hunt with me? I literally, I literally, you know, so Gilbert Ornelas was originally my client before we were partners, right? Um, we became very good friends, very close friends and brothers over the years. I mean, this has been over 14 years ago, man. It's been a, a while. But the first time that, you know, I was taking friends of his because he would bring them in and I, you know, I would end up taking other people and they'd come back talking about their experiences, what they had seen. And Gilbert's like, bro, Joe, man, I want to go out and hunt with you. And I'm like, Gil, ain't going to do you. I don't think you do. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, these guys are having these experiences because when I'm able to move and do what I need to do, they're staying with me. And I'm like, he wasn't going to be able to do that, you know? And and he's like, man, are you telling me I'm just a fat out? Like and I'm like, bro, you are not in the shape to hunt the way I hunt. You change that and we'll, and we'll talk about it. All right. As soon as you get, and I actually gave him a goal weight and the dude hit it and we hunted together, had some incredible experiences, but all the things that we're talking about, you know, whether or not I have to be off my, off my friend's shoulder because of their experience level or whether that <clears throat> I can trust them enough to do the things that they need to do so I can back off. Right. Yeah, dude, a thousand percent. Uh, yeah. Guide is just a word for another hunter. And it's not meant to 
put us up on a pedestal or move us from anything else. It's just, I'm hunting with somebody else. You're not the shooter is what a guide is. You are not the shooter. You're an extra set of eyes and extra set of ears. And believe it or not, when you do, when you have the gun in your hand or the bow in your hand or whatever your weapon of choice is, for some reason, your mentation changes. Like I, I know personally that for, for, for me, I am much more methodical and slower as a guide than as a hunter. Um, I think I force myself into some situations uh, that didn't need to happen as a hunter, as opposed to a guide, as a guide, I say, okay, I'm putting this guy first. This is, this is what we should do. And, and I am doing everything in my power to give them the best opportunity. Right. When I'm hunting, I feel that sometimes I force myself to say, you can do this. You know, I don't, I don't force myself, but it's just a mental thing. Like, dude, you know, you can do this, slip in there and let's kill him. You know, let's right. go another 50 yards. Let's do whatever. And if I was guiding a hunter, I say, let's be patient. Let's wait. We're going to, we're going to just give this a few more minutes to play out and see what the animal tells us the next move is going to be what he's doing. And then it's, it's more of a chess game. I'm not going just trying to get across the board. I'm playing a lot more chess than checkers when I'm guiding a hunter. And, uh, you know, that's just a mental game with myself that I have to play on a regular basis. Like, dude, chill out. Like this year I did, especially antelope hunting. I rushed a couple of times and made mistakes. I, I blew two antelope, you know, bucks out. I was bow hunting and all I had to do was sit and wait. And I was like, ah, let's just go kill him. And I say, let's just go kill him. And I'm like, okay, cool. I don't see him. I don't see him. And then all of a sudden, boom. He's right there and I blew it. He was coming in like just what I know he was going to do. And I'm not listening to, I wish I could have myself talking to myself, but when I'm alone and I have the weapon, you know, it changes things. So I've made a, a conscious effort um, these last couple of years to really push the brakes and actually say, what would you have a hunter do? Where is your hunter going to sit? What are you going to want your hunter to do? But, and and that's really how I, I try to play a lot of things out. So um, even, even with my daughter, you know, like uh, she's a killer and she's always on my hip. And so sometimes I'm even like, baby, you and me, we, we can go kill him. Like there's, there's no doubt, like you and I will kill him. Um, but I have to tell myself to slow down. Let's make sure it's right and make sure she gets an opportunity. Like that's what we're here for is the opportunity. Let's not blow it up before it ever has the ability to, to, you know, to, to come to fruition. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, when, when we talk about the whole guy thing is basically, we're just talking about the person with the most experience, right? So that's yeah. what either experience with the area experience with the animal. And the cool thing is if you're, if you've, got great experience with the animal and understand the animal i don't care where you go you can make it happen right it it is definite advantage to know an area in fact i would tell somebody that has a lower skill set the more you know the area the more you increase your opportunity you know to be able to be successful so it's kind of like if my vision's not too good well, I can make it up with my with my with my smell and with my ears, right? And so you just have to take those other things that you can make happen better to make up for some of the things that you don't do very well, 
right? So, uh, absolutely. Now, so hunting with partners because you've trans, you know, you transferred over from being the guide, and sometimes you're still the guide with friends and partners, right? Yeah. All the time. Yep. <laughs> All the time. Uh, but how, like, when you do that? And you you're bringing those people into the fold, and you guys are trying to be successful, and and you you know you can even talk about hunts that happened this year because you had a lot of things, man, that were just so close with animals that you were bringing into people that just didn't happen because of why, you know, was it was it the critter? Was it not his day to die? Was it a failure point? Was it something that that person didn't know how to close? You know, so what do you see with those partners that that are probably the things that would help them the most to improve at? That, that one is actually kind of a little bit, uh, a little bit harder, I would say. Like with the client, it's easy for me to say, sir, listen, like, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, if we do this, we are going to be in the animals. Right. Like you need to sit at this tank. It's, it's it, it, the, the elk is going to come into this tank. I'm telling you right now. And, uh, and I actually had, this is, this is an exact scenario. I had a two-on-one, two guys come in from California. Uh, they both come in. I get them set up. We have our little talk. And, you know, the night before, I'm like, okay, cool. Let me get you a radio. Each of you are going to carry a radio. You don't need to talk into it. I'm just going to put it behind your ear in your backpack. It's not in the way. It's not going to interfere with anything. I'm just going to communicate with you. That way, if I need you to move or if I want to move, uh, and this is the way I do it. I, so I put their earpieces in and then they have a mic. The mic is simply not to talk into. It's just to hit a button to acknowledge what I say. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing that I ask them to do. So I say, okay, I'm going to set up. I'm going to give you your positions where you're going to be. I set them up. I drop back. I start calling. After after a while, if I hear the, hear the bull move or if everything shuts down, I say, hey, uh, am I free to move or I tell them jump to the right, bump up, you know, 50 yards, a hundred yards, whatever the, whatever the verbiage is. Right. And all they have to do is click back to acknowledge that they understand the message. If they don't send me any message back, I know the bull is there and I just continue playing out my scenario. Maybe right. I drop back a little bit further. So that's how I communicate. Well, with these two guys, one of them tells me, He's all, I ain't using that shit. And I was like, well, I really think it's going to help us, sir. You know, like this is, this is how I like to hunt. And, and it gives us, you know, it affords us a lot more opportunity without us, you know, especially being three hunters, it allows us an opportunity to communicate without any uh, unnecessary movement. So I think it's a good idea that you wear it. If you don't want to wear it, you don't want to wear it. I ain't going to wear that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, cool. His buddy he goes, dude, give it to me. I'll take it. All right, cool. Put it in there. Um, we go hunting. That 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 first morning, we have a scenario uh, plays out. We call anyway. We didn't kill anything. Middle of the day shows up, and I'm like, uh, I set the guy up without the radio, and I tell him, hey, I'm gonna put you on this tank. This bull's been coming in. Nice big six by six. He's he's coming in, kind of a little bit early in the afternoon. So we're gonna sit you up. Me and this other guy, I'll go hunting and uh, we'll come back for you. I ain't sitting at that tank. <laughs> like, sir, a bull is coming in. Like, 
And his buddy's like, dude, don't worry about him. He goes, put me at that tank. I'll sit there as long as you want me to. He goes, he's coming. I said, he's coming. You're going to kill a bull. So he goes, I'll see you guys later. Take me to the tank. Put him in the tank. Me and I get this other guy and we walk up this mountain. And I probably went a little further than I had to with this particular gentleman, <laughs> a little bit faster than I had to. But we get to the top of the hill, dude. And if you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our Base Camp Elk Hunting Training Camp. This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead, the next step, the next thought process, the next success. So if you are looking for that one thing to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S.com. Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing and achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. I do, I, I, I just did it just to do it, right? So I do my thing and I smoke this man up this hill and he gets down and he takes off his backpack and he's, you know, trying, I'm like, oh, dude, just catch your breath. You know, we have some time and we're going to wait till this evening to hunt, you know, just relax. Buddy texts me and I was like, hey, is that your buddy's number? And he <laughs> says, just stuck one. And he's like, what? That's bullshit. And he starts blowing up. I'm like, get your backpack on. Let's go. So we got a long way to hike down. So, uh, oh, dude, it's so funny. But he just didn't want to, uh, you know, he he, yeah. he hadn't, he didn't want to play, you know. I knew the area. I knew what was happening in these tanks. I, you know, I know the topography that we're hunting. And it's easier for me because it's kind of open in some spots to stay a little further back than you typically would have to. And uh, he just didn't didn't want to hear what I had to say. And, um, you know, that 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 made that hunt uh, unsuccessful for him, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't get out of his own way. And, you know, I could tell the listeners if if you ever have a guide, there's one thing that uh, Carl Gamage was known for saying. And Carl was like, you know. I can't guarantee you'll kill an elk, but I can sure guarantee you won't. <laughs> Dude, that's classic. I'll I'll say that one, oh Mr. Carl. Yeah. That that's that's a hell of a statement right there. Yes, sir. You start acting like a turd, you're in the turd bowl, man. And uh Yeah. Yeah, it it absolutely nobody, you know. All of us are out there, whether we're with a friend or whether we're getting paid to do it, we're out there because we love what we do and it excites us. And we love the challenge of helping somebody be successful. To not accept that and work within that realm is uh, is is not it's not going to be very good at the end of the day, right? So yeah, you're on the same team. Keep that in mind. You guys are on the same team. You might speak, you know, a little different languages and see things differently, but you're both there. I promise you, your guide is doing everything he can to get you an animal. Mm -hmm. He he makes money if if you're happy. Now and, you said it's a little different with a friend, though. So okay, that's what I was getting at. So yeah. for me, it's easier to tell a client, sure. you know, hey, dude, we need to do this. Like, um, 
with some of my friends that, you know, I'll, I'll give them some advice, but sometimes it's, I want them to also learn because I know I'm going to hunt with them more. So right. it's more of a teaching experience. So I could, I could put my idea up there and this is what I think we need to do. And I think you need to sit here and I think whatever it is that I think, and it's up to them to let that play out and to utilize it. So if it doesn't happen, I'll say, okay, well, maybe you probably should have done, you know, but sometimes that's the only way to learn that lesson. Like it's happened numerous times. You need to work this ridge. You need to sit here, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you need to wait until after dark. It, it's coming and it's going to be late, but he's coming. Get, hear it on the radio or get a text or whatever. Hey man, I'm at whatever. Yeah. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you have another 45 minutes that you need to be where, where you should be. And so it's a, you know, it, it's a learning process for, for yeah. me as a teacher, for them as, you know, not as experienced. Um, but uh, I, I think that's the big difference is I try to just give the opportunity, you know, cause I want you to learn. I don't want, you know, nothing like nothing really bugs me as much as, whatever dude, whatever you think, like, it's cool to have somebody with you a thousand percent of the way, like, you know, no matter what, but I want you to use your brain. I want you to think what we should be doing. And then I give you, yeah, dude, that's a good idea. Let's do that. You know, like I want us to be on the same page instead of you just reading my book, like be a hunter. Don't be a shooter, I guess is the best way to put it. I want you to be a hunter, not just a trigger puller. I want you to learn as we're going figure out why we're doing this that way when you come out and you have your kid or you bring somebody out who's brand new even newer than you are you have an idea of why you're doing these particular things yeah grow man you know that's grow. that's where i'm at yeah. and it, for me over the years i've had different people that have come in to camp with me most of the time it's because they want to learn which i'm happy to teach you know but when you're three years down the line and they're going so what do we do today you know, it's like, really, dude, you know, I mean, what, after all of these years, what have you put in to grow and to learn off this? And that's the quickest way to not end up in my camp, man, to not grow and learn from it. Because the whole idea that I'm doing that, if it's, if it's a friend basis, is so that you can get better, so that you can do this, so that we can be partners out there. So, you know, we can bounce things off each other and we can get creative and we can learn and have those experiences. Not for me to guide you, you know, for, <laughs> you know, for the next whatever years that we're out in the woods together as, as pals, right? So, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that, man. It, it's all about them getting involved in that process. I mean, we expect that from our kids, right? You know, we ask them like, you know, what are you going to do? Why are you going to do it? You know, I want you to think for yourself. I want you to grow as a hunter. I want you to develop your instincts, right? So, yeah, I, I think I think that's sometimes one of the bigger challenges. And I think that's sometimes why partners end up splitting up because it becomes a, a codependent thing instead of, you know, a, a, a true hunting relationship where, you're you're both developing and hunting and enjoying the process, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hunting, hunting, a special hunting partner is is a a true blessing. So don't take that for granted. And um, you know, it takes two to be in in that relationship. So sometimes you're the giver, sometimes you're the taker. But yeah. uh, 
cherish it because it might not be exactly a hundred percent what you think, you know, you want, but it's so hard to find if you're even close. Oh you yeah. I want to nurture, you might want to nurture that a little bit and, uh, and, and figure it out. Absolutely, dude. I mean, Chab and I, this is our 42nd season. We haven't gotten to hunt together um, uh, since his cancer and stuff. So mm -hmm. that's made it uh, a little bit tougher, but he's still out there and he's still getting after it. And we're, you know, we're still out in the woods, which is that that's huge for us. But I mean, and it would be one of those deals like Chab doesn't do a lot of calling. You know, that's why we call him the ninja, man. He likes to just sneak in on things, right? That's his forte. That's what he likes to do little small sneaky dude right yep. <laughs> i'm big and ugly so i gotta bring them to me man if i move too much they're gonna see me for sure right <laughs> um, so so you know he didn't do a whole lot of calling but dude like if i said man i i i'm i'm gonna go check out this ridge like that instead of him going okay let's go to that ridge it's like well i'm gonna head this way and check i mean you know if he had a thought or an idea he was going to do his thing and then we were going to bring it together and help each other out and then there were times we hunted together man that it just clicked and worked because you know because of the type of partner he was i really enjoyed trying to bring something in for him man you know what i mean uh, absolutely I, I always felt like i could kill my animal any day and it's it's different it's so different for me to help somebody else rather than myself. It's almost, I don't know, it's almost gotten, I don't I, I don't want to say it because I, I love it and I'm passionate and I still, my heart still thumps and everything, but I'm so much more business-like, I guess. And it's, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's something that when I'm out there, my brain and my focus, I just get that, that glaze, you know, cougar look in my eye, man. And I'm all business once I get on an animal like that. And then when I get done, I'm still business and paying attention to what's going to happen. Like, how did I hit? What did it do? Where did it go? And then staying within myself to be able to track it. Cause I don't like to celebrate too early until I've got, you know, that booger right there. But you know, when somebody else does it, shoot, man, I'm like dogpiling them. And oh yeah. It's, it's like... the best. Oh, it's the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. So dude, that, that is the best, but you're right. You have to stay in the moment and, uh, so many things happen in such a short amount of time that are all critical, yeah. right? Like those are the moments uh, like that you slow things down. They say, you know, a fighter or a major league player, anybody who's a professional at anything could slow the game down. That's when you slow it down right. and you say, next step is boom, execute. Next step is boom, execute. Next step, you know, and then you put your hands on the bull, you know, but you have to take those small steps and execute each one before that, that will ever happen. Yeah. And that's a great comparison you had right there, because if anybody has ever coached sports, man, it's like, or even played in sports, it's like when you first get on there the first time, it's like, you know, the game is just moving so fast. And then as you get more and more experience, it's like, you know, the game slows down around it. It's like the matrix, I guess things slow down a little bit. So you yeah. see yeah. it differently. Right you know, like that. So I, I think I have a good analogy real quick, Joe, would okay. be for, for a new hunter hearing their first bugle, mm -hmm. you're hearing a bugle. And in your mind, you're seeing Cam Haynes and whoever else and Joe Gillia and all these professionals hear a bull and go kill a bull. You're hearing a bull bugle. What the person who has experience and your guide or whoever, whoever it is that has experience is hearing 
dude, that's he's bedded. He's not interested. That's just a location bugle. That's a hunter. That's that could be one of a million things that the the experienced person hears. So that's kind of the slow the game down thing. It's like, dude, chill out. That bull is not gonna come in. We don't even need to call to him. That's that's a hunter. That's a you know, like there's so many there's so many different things that it could be, but just slow the game down. Okay, I'm gonna hit a cow call. I'm gonna I'm gonna bugle. You know, I use the soloist bugle behind me. If he's interested, he's gonna hit us back. If not, I don't think we mess with him because it's too late. The thermals are bad. We come back this evening. You blow your call. Nothing happens. Cool. We're playing chess. Let's slow down. Let's come back. Uh, I, I think that's a, a good way to bring in the slow it down, you know, slow the game down. Yeah. And, and I always try to tell people, try to do things in elk time, not in human time. You yeah. know, uh, act like that animal is. The more that you act like that animal within however you're trying to portray what you're doing, the more convincing you're going to become. So, you know, if you're sitting here at a certain time of day and you're doing these calls that are off the wall for what the time of day, time of year, and, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It, it's a red flag to those animals. So, yeah, absolutely, man. So let me, let me take it to an, another step then. You as your growth, man, um, the things that have been challenging, those lessons that really pop out to you along the way and the key things now that you use or do or have come to realize. Because, man, when I hear you talking now, I'm like, it just makes my heart just you know, get bigger and bigger just with pride hearing some of the things that you're saying. And uh, it's just so right on in so many different levels and the things that you're talking about. Can't wait to, to have you work with us, man. And uh, I'm excited too, Joe. We'll get out there. I'll get, I'll, I'll get myself out there. I promise. Yeah. And, you know, so you've had those things, you've had challenges, those challenges that you've had to discover that molded you into the elk hunter that you are. And there's some key ones and some of those key things that now make the difference for you and the elk woods. You can handle them differently. They might be one in the same, you know, just tell me about that. Man, um, preparation, I think, is one thing. Like uh, you expect your client to come prepared. So for me, I need to, especially with, you know, people in the social media. I didn't have it before I had the business. I hated social media and Instagram, and I thought it was the biggest waste of time. Um, but I've learned and gained a lot of value from it, you know, and met a lot of good people. And there is some educational stuff to it. And it's uh, a, a lot of it that I'll give credit to is just, you know, the uh, like Dan Staten, you know, an elk shape, you know, and anybody in that realm of you need to be prepared, you know, small deposits, it's, it's small deposits is what he says. You need to make those small deposits throughout the year. That way you can cash that check in September that's when true. that bull shows up. Mm -hmm. So to me, like that's a learning thing to where in the past, right, right now I'm 42. So I was doing, you know, guided, you know, I started about 15 years ago or so. So my body between being in the fire department and being young, it's like, yeah, I could pretty much get up any hill at whatever pace I needed to, you know, like that, that there was an afterthought. I didn't think of that. Now I'm 43 and 
things don't move as quick as they used to. It takes <laughs> me a little while for my legs to warm up, you know, my lungs, like the first pull of any hill, I don't care where or what the first hill is going to kick my butt. Sure. After that, after that, I'm a train, like, let's go. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a Mack truck. I will, we could go the rest of the day, but the first hill always kills me. And it's funny. And I'm laughing because I guide hunters, right? And we get to the first hill and they're like, oh my God, this guy can't even, we're on the first hill and he's already falling apart. He's sweating and he's breathing heavy. And I'm like, dude, it's cool. I swear I'm okay. And it's so, but that happens every time. Every time they're like, bro, I thought you, you know, especially the people, the friends that I take hunting friends, they're like, bro, I thought you were this great hunter in good shape and could do this all the time. And oh, I'm like, I'll be okay, dude. Let me just, this is my hill, one hill. I give you, give me one hill. After that, it's on. But oh my gosh, the first, <laughs> the first one always wrecks me, Joe. The first <laughs> hill, no matter what, it, it always gets me. I don't know if it's the excitement or, or what it is, but. Hill number one is undefeated, bro. It's just getting the blood flowing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hill number one is undefeated against me. Yeah. Yeah. It's people got to realize too is conditioning and shape. It's it's not that you know everything you go up is going to be perfect. It's just you can go longer, harder. You know. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 big thing with that small deposits and and what I've learned is just uh pace um you can't like just the mental game guys hunting is a mental game as much as it is a physical sport like it's I, i think more mental because i could convince myself to get up any hill if i wanted to you could convince yourself to to do anything like the 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 mind is so powerful and um once you afford yourself the opportunity to believe in yourself you're a freaking you're unstoppable like like if I know, like I get somebody with some confidence and I can build that into them, I'm like, shit, we like that, that gives me as, as the guide, you know, like all the confidence in the world. Cause I sparked that fire dude. And it's just growing and he knows he can do it and he knows he can do it. And we talk through it and it's the, the bull's already dead before he ever shows up, you know, cause he's zoned in, he's locked in. And as a coach, I can see you getting excited, but you know, it, you see a kill, you see it in their eyes and you're like, this dude's locked it's a go like we're, we're, this is, this is happening like right now. And so if you could afford yourself that to, to know I can do this, like, let's go up that hill. Let's make this shot. Let's, let's do whatever it is we have to do. Like it's a mental game. And that starts, you know, today go for a little hike, know that you can walk up another hill, know that you can go another day. Like you don't need to sit out an afternoon hunt because you're tired. Yep. Like that, 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 I lose my mind with that. It's like, dude, yeah, you're, you're wasting your time and your money, but you're also wasting my time. You know, I could be home with my kids. I could be a million other places than watching you sit there because you're tired. Like, Oh, that <laughs> I'll lose my mind. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, and, and that's why I tell a lot of people like they're talking about, man, you know, I'm getting up early. I'm losing some sleep. I'm like, you can sleep the rest of the year, man. You'll be here for how many days? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, just rise to the occasion, man. And, you know, yeah, it's it's one of those things. You take that very same hill. You take that one hill. And 
you've been walking and walking. You look up there and you tell them, oh, let's go up there and eat lunch. And like, no, oh, I'd rather eat lunch right here. Then you have, <laughs> you know, I've heard, I've heard that, Joe. I'm not hungry. I'll just wait here. <laughs> and you, you have a bugle that goes off on the top of that hill. Dude, man, it's an attitude, instant adjustment, right? Because it's the mind. It's like, it's, it's whatever feeds that need, right? So in fact, we have a t-shirt about an attitude adjustment. It's just like, how many times people like they're, they've been going and, and, and it's funny because I tell people when you're hunting elk, you're hunting for days for seconds. And I mean, you're putting in all of this work for seconds, right? And it's like you said, you know, we always taught our distance runners, you know, when you're putting on mileage, that's money in the bank, money in the bank, because you ain't gonna be able to withdraw on that day if you haven't been putting money in there, right? Same no. thing with your small amounts right there, right? It's a, it's, it's a common coaching term. You've got to put money in the bank if you're gonna draw it. And then, you know, we have these people, man, that, you know, they go for day and day and day, and they're like, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I've walked miles, I've done all this, and they, you can see it in the shoulders, dude. But you let an elk bugle and they will chase that critter another three miles and not even know they've gone three miles because, uh, you know, what's going on in the mind, the things that we do in our own head. Right. So, yeah, it, it's all mindset. That's if you want to have a, a successful hunt of any sort, it starts with the mindset. Um, you, yeah, you, you have to go in with a good attitude, number one. And, and it starts like we talked about it. It starts today. You have to know in your mind, cause you cannot lie to yourself. If you didn't put in the work, you will second guess yourself. Can I make it up that hill? Can I do this? Can I do that? If you put in the work today, when you show up on September, you're going to say, let's go. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I, I, I kind of got away cause I talked about equipment and everybody, and we talked about the bow hitch, but I want to know what are some of the things that have been, you know, that you now utilize and use because you've been doing it just like me, you know, like I said, I'm real light about stuff. Um, I, I'll tell you the, the equipment, like, for example, I have a very lightweight hammock that Manano introduced me to because I got tired of having to stick my britches in my socks and do my cuffs and stuff so that, you know, ants aren't crawling all up <laughs> everywhere mm -hmm. yep. trying to sleep in the midday. So I carry a little hammock. And my Zolio has been been like the two main things and now a cell phone. Those have been like the things that really changed the game for me. But I don't do a whole lot of spot and stock type stuff like you do. And I don't, you know, uh, most of my time is spent around elk hunting almost year round in the things that I do. Um, I do. I do some turkey hunting. I do a little deer hunting. You know, in guiding, I do a lot of different stuff, but for me personally. So what are those, some of those items that have become your items that are critical to your hunt game, you know, during your hunting season? I think, I think one of the most important things for me, because I shake a lot when I'm holding up my binos, is uh, glassing off of a tripod. I am extremely efficient off of a tripod. Like I have really good eyes. I know what I'm looking for. I know where to look. If you put me on a tripod, I feel if there's an animal in the area, I'm going to turn them up. Like I, I have very strong confidence in in my eyes. But spotting if scope, I'm not spotting scope, no 
no, just binos. Okay. So, but the, the important thing to me is the tripod. And pretty much everybody that I hunt with now, glasses off of a tripod. So um, it's just a game changer. You could glass longer. You could glass better. You can find an animal and leave the binos on it. That way, when you do this whole number, you're not losing it. You could just get back into the binos because it's already set on there. So um, depending on the species I'm hunting, I just take the binos off of my bino harness on my chest and put them on the tripod. If I'm hunting, you know, oryx or if I'm hunting ibex or even de depending on the country for mule deer, I'll take a set of 15s and keep my 15 by 56s on the tripod already. And then I just glass off of those. So, but either way, it's going to be off of a tripod. So that has absolutely been a game changer for me. I, I've become such a better glasser and hunter because of my ability to find the animals while using the tripod. So are you are you scanning with them off the tripod first and then when you locate something, put it on there? Or are you actually... No. Yeah, it, it depends, Joe. So like, uh, you know, I'm not going to stop and get out of the truck just to throw the tripod up. Or if I want, like, say, say I'm hiking and I see something and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just take a quick glance up. But I typically say, okay, that point right there is a great spot to glass from. So I go from A to B and then I set up and I will glass there for, you know, however long I think I need to until I've exhausted the area and then I'll move. So it's, it's not, a, uh, I, I typically don't wait to put the tripod on there till I find an animal. I typically find the animal while I'm already in the glass. Okay. So are you using like a, uh, a tripod handle to move around while you're doing it? Or are you just going to a section looking through section looking through? Yeah. So what, what, what I do is like, you know, uh, you're looking at any particular area. I can see there's three or four spots on this hillside. We're probably going to be there, 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 or there, you know, those are my go-to spots. So I try to pick out the obvious first. So I'm like probably in here. So, I start with them there, you know, and I do have a, uh, a tripod head. I just keep it kind of loose and I keep my hands on the binos, but it's just micro, you know, right. adjustments. So I don't use the big stick. Okay. I, I think that gets in the way it, uh, I'm not fluid with it. So I wouldn't say it's good or bad. It just doesn't work for me. So I, I don't use that. The, the stick that comes out my, the, the stick on my handle is probably about four inches. And so it just works perfectly on my hands and on my fingers. And just the way I have it set up works for me. So whatever works for you is fine, but I'll pick a spot and then I'll work it and then I'll hit my next spot and then I'll work it. After that, if I hadn't seen anything, then I'll start my grid. It's either going to be across or up and down, but I don't grid a whole area like a whole mountain range. I pick a spot and grid that and then I'll come down and grid that and then bump over and then overlap a little bit. But, um, it's so easy and there's so much country, especially here in New Mexico, you know, in the places we hunt, a lot of them, you could look for, you could look for hours and hours. And uh, if you don't do it methodically, you don't know what you hit or what you didn't hit. So right. you kind of have to have a system, whatever that is, uh, just make it work for you and try to hit all the country you, you want to hit. Yeah, that's why um, I learned years and years ago, I used to just put the binos up and I would be moving, looking. And it's kind of like um, 
what we say about elk, the best time to draw on an elk is when they're moving because it makes everything move around them. And, you know, I had somebody that actually taught me that, you know, you want to put your binos in an area and you want to look over that area with your eyes within the area that's in the binos. You don't want to be moving the binos around because you're just moving everything and you miss stuff. So you want to, you know, really decipher an area by looking at it within that bino scope of what you have there, right? Uh, so yeah, a thousand percent. And and don't expect just because you're sitting there on a tripod to pick up a full animal, you are looking for that movement, the foot coming forward, the wag of the tail, the flick of the ear. Like that's when you're being an efficient glasser. When you could pick those little pieces apart, that's a you know when you find a rabbit from a thousand yards away and you're like, okay, you're doing it right. You know because so he knocked once. A particular type of system, like a certain particular tripod and. Per- particular holder for your binos or yeah i use <clears throat> right now i'm using the swarovski uh bino adapter and that's just because it's just basically a rubber strap that goes off the top of the binos so i could put anybody's binos inside of it i could let you borrow it i could let my brother whoever borrow it and their binos will fit so okay. i really like the outdoorsman's head um but uh you can't really share it. So as long as I'm only running my stuff, unless my partners have an outdoorsman, uh, it's not going to work for them. So I like the Swaro one. It's pretty easy. I've never dropped a, a, a pair out of the holder. Um, tripod heads, there's there's a lot of good ones. Um, you know, I wouldn't even name drop on, on anything. Okay. Uh, Muley Maniac has a nice small tripod that I really like. Uh, he's a cool dude. Uh, met him at a shoot a couple years ago and uh gave his i bought one of his tripods and and i really dig it so get something that is fluid that's the biggest thing i do not like the ball heads um i I do not like those at all that's my personal preference is to not have a ball head so i got a nice little fluid head i have one for my for my uh spotting scope i use the manfrotto head for the spotting scope um and sometimes i set up the 15s on that one and then my smaller uh, tripod is a. Uh, I don't remember what the head is on that one, but um, yeah, but it, it's not you fluid, know it's super. It takes, it takes pressure to actually get it to move and yes. it slowly to each other. Where a yeah. ball head, you loosen and it just you know it jumps to a spot and you have to retighten it, right? Right, right, yeah. So I I think uh, glassing off a tripod is a huge game changer for me and. It, it's it's made me a, a more efficient hunter because I find way more animals than I ever did in the past. Awesome, man. What other kind of equipment are things that, that you found that you've gone to now? Um, hiking sticks, trekking poles, freaking game changer, uh, especially on the pack out. You know, they're, they're light enough to where I could keep in my backpack. They don't get in the way. They, uh, you know, you can use them for a shelter. You can set your tarp up like there's multiple uses for it. Um, but my body gets so much less fatigued when I hike with hiking poles, um, especially coming downhill. My knees aren't the greatest. So when I come downhill and I use a trekking pole, uh, I can do it, you know, twice as much with the poles as I can without it. And uh, especially with weight, when I'm packing an animal out, there's I, I do not hike without them. I will be using trekking poles to carry out an animal. Um, even on flat ground, you want to roll an ankle, you know, you, you misstep, 
the trekking poles will give you just enough balance. Um, and it saves your core. It saves all the accessory muscles from, from you having to tighten and to, to use your strength of, of every little accessory muscles that you typically don't work out. When you're using these trekking poles, it just saves them, man. I, I feel I, I feel a lot better when I hike with trekking poles. And uh, like I said, when you're done, you get them out, put them back. You know, you can use them to glass off of. You could put your drive, your binos right on top of that for a quick session if you're not, you know, if you're in the backcountry and you're not carrying a tripod with you. So um, I really like them. I have them in all my packs. I have pack frames. Each one of them has their own set, you know, dedicated to it. So right. I, I, I think those are a game changer um, for, for just about anybody, you know, especially as you get, you know, the older you are, I think the more of a necessity it becomes to have those. Yeah. Yeah. I, the first time I used them was just this last year. And uh, man, it's like being in four wheel drive sometimes, you know? Yes. That, yes. Uh, great analogy. Yeah. And what I found too, is when you're carrying heavy weight, you know, when we were packing stuff that, you know, a lot of times you have to step over a log awkwardly and, and things like that, you know, and, that weight, you know, is not on there great. So it really helps you out as far as, I mean, that whole balance thing to go down, you know, it, it's a safety thing. It really is. It becomes way safer, man, you know, doing stuff like that. So thousand percent. Yeah. I, I, I think those have been a, a big help for me. And then being able to give them to somebody, you know, if, if they're having trouble on the hunt, it's like, Hey man, take a load off. We'll go ahead and use these and, you know, kind of get them back in the game. So what about elk hunting? What are some things that, um, key things now that you probably have, that you do use or have realized that you do while you're elk hunting now that have made a difference for you? Um, it, it, and it, this isn't like necessarily new, but it's just as important as anything in the world, but is your wind checker constantly checking the wind. If you're not checking it 2000 times a day, you ain't doing it right. You know, I just think that that's so important just between that and, um, and trust yourself. You know, I use my brain a lot more rather like I'm not there. you like, ultimately you are not there to hike, to see animals. You don't need to cover a lot of country. That's what I tell a lot of people. They're like, dude, I walk, you know, they'll tell me I walked eight miles. And I'm like, did you see anything? Yeah. I saw one. I bumped it. I'm like, yeah. You bumped it and you could have killed that thing if you were slowed down and you use your brain a little bit, you know, like, so I, I just think, you know, there's so much knowledge that's out there, Joe, that with what you, you know, another plug for you and, I, and, I, and I'm not doing this just because you're on here, but there's knowledge that's available to people to learn how to elk hunt without spending the time in the woods. Like it's going to be totally different when you're in the woods, but holy shit, like, dude, if you sat there and you went through your course or you watched some high-quality videos of people explaining why they're doing things and not just watching hunts, because you could say, oh, that bull just came right in and there's 12 hours of B-roll of things that didn't happen or decisions that aren't getting spoken, you right. know, as to why this situation is playing out. So I think knowledge is going to be number one. Like, there's so much you can learn. You have to trust yourself with, Keep it simple and slow down. Uh, check the wind. Like it's back to the basics, really. You know, it's it's funny. You know, old school old school trucks still work. You know, they have some basic parts, but they run. 
And I, I love that. And you know, it's kind of like the Bohich thing. It just works. There's nothing fancy, but it's going to work. So it's the same thing with hunting. The bull, the elk are going to tell you the animals will tell you what they're doing. They're going to give you body language. They're going to bugle a certain way. The cows are going to, you know, do a certain thing to where, you know, they're comfortable or they're spooked or they just shut up or they barked or they're going to tell you everything you need to know. Like being able to call is important, but it's not as important as listening. Um, I think because the bull's going to tell you or the elk is going to tell you where it's at and what it, what it's, what it's wanting to do. You know, that I, just you saying that man was really cool because it just reminded me how, People that are better conversationalists are not people that are just thinking about what they have to say next. They're people that know how to listen to what's being said, right? And I mean, that's huge. And when you're, when you're elk hunting, if you're in that conversation and, and to be in a conversation doesn't mean you always have to be yakking all the time. It, it's about, engaging and listening to what's going on and what's being said and understanding that right um and i think that is such a huge part of it like you were saying is that there's sometimes man and and i'm guilty of it because i just love calling boogers in i love hearing you know i love using the calls and stuff like that but there's just times you got to know when to shut up too right and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you one of the most important pieces of communication and this comes uh training, lots of training, especially my investigative background when I'm doing in interviews and interrogations. This is one of the most powerful things when you're communicating. Silence. Yeah. You let it play out. You, you just, you have to be patient. You let it play out. They already heard you. They know where you're at. You know, there's a certain point in time when you have to trust the game. They heard you. I'm coming, you know, so. Yeah, you don't have to fill the is, air. You don't have to fill yes, the air with stuff, right? Exactly, yeah. Just to, just to fill it. And, and that's a great, great point, man. Uh, again, you know, acting like the elk. You know, if the elk are filling the air with sounds, then read the room. Then there's a way for you to be a part of that environment. If they're not, read the room. You don't need to yeah. be in something. Just let them, you know, they're there. You know, the thing is, is if you hear them or if you know that they're within a certain closest, they have radar on their heads, man. They can pick up sounds so much better than we can. And you don't have to do a whole lot because, you know, when you're out there, you just think about it. If, you, if you've had any elk hunting experience, you've been out there where you've actually been listening to these animals, how many times you find yourself just like standing there for all of these minutes to just catch that little, little sound of a mew. It wasn't like they were going, yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Now, there's sometimes they are when they're moving and there's things and there's a time and a place for it. But like you said, there's sometimes, man, that the animals, that's how they are living. They're not making a whole lot of noise. They're going to do just a little sound so that they can identify where each other are, right? And sometimes that's all that it's needed, man. Because I can just tell you this, most of the elk I've killed, I would probably say 75% I've killed were silent bulls coming into me, right? So a lot of times what I'm listening for is not even 
you know, a mew. It's not even a grunt. It's not a growl. I'm listening for a rock rolling. I'm listening for a little thump against a stick. I'm listening to a little bit of a rustle in the leaves, whatever I can to know and identify that animal's coming into me. Yeah. So no, that's super, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's important for the hunter to know too, that when you're hiking in, if you have to close a distance, animals make a lot of sound. You're calling to them. They're calling to you. They're expecting to hear something. So if they don't hear something on the way in and all of a sudden you're 200 yards closer, ripping one at them, it kind of could be alarming. So it's okay to make some sound. Just be aware that once you get into a radius, if you do make a sound, you are absolutely pinpointed. So um, if you have a partner with you and they're making sounds behind you, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so... God, so huge, Armando. I hope people uh, are hearing it from the back row, man, because sometimes, you know, we were talking about how you don't have to call and fill the space, but a lot of times just those environmental noises, just you walking and rolling rocks and sticks and stuff like that are actually more effective because they sell it. You know, they know that that's other animals there. When they're hearing you and you're you're doing all this stuff and they're not hearing any noise. They're hearing multiple cows and they're not hearing any rocks rolling. They're not hearing any steps, no hoof prints. It's like, this does not make sense, right? It's it's not the painting, you know, it doesn't paint the true picture there. So great points, man. Right on. Yeah. So I, I just got to tell you, man, I, I this to me, it's like every time that we've gotten together, generally we're talking about the bow hitch or, or we're talking about elk bro stuff or calls or something like that, you know, and we never really got to just talk elk together. And this for me has been such a pleasure, man, because, you know, I've gotten to really know you at a whole different level, you know, and um, to me that this has just been golden. You know, to, to hear the experience that you have, uh, the insights that you have, your thought processing, man, just uh, is just fantastic, Mondo. You you really have a heck of a skill set, and I can see why what you guys have been creating applies so well. It's because it's true to what you do anyway. So, dude. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, thank- I... Uh... Yeah, I'm honored to be here, man. I'm I'm glad that our paths crossed and that you uh you know you met me at hit or miss that day and and were willing to uh to to not just give us a shot but to 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 become a genuine friend and I really mean that friend a mentor. I sent you a hat a while back, you know, and and I meant every word in that letter that that I put, dude. Uh, and just so you guys know, like uh this this man means the world to me. Um. He does things for the right reason, and I know it's uh, it's from the heart. Like when he talks to you, whether it's at a show or on Instagram or wherever, he truly wants the best for you. And when he's teaching, like <clears throat> it's not for a follow, it's not for a, a, a anything. It's because he wants you to be successful. So um, you know, Thank take you. take uh, you know, just uh, as you guys listen to this, good for you because you're making progress towards becoming a better hunter but you're also uh you know um supporting and learning from from one of the best humans that there is so joe thank you brother i i I honestly i just truly appreciate you now i gotta buy new hats none of them are gonna fit bro so (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, all you people out there, man, you've heard something special. This has been a special gift today. Armando, I can't thank you enough. Remember, you can find uh, Armando at Instagram on at the bow hitch, the bow hitch. Um, and then you can find them online, their website as well um, as, as thebowhitch.com. So real easy to find, man. And all I want to leave you guys with is this, man. Whatever you're doing, keep dreaming of the screaming, keep believing in achieving, but most of all, keep grinding. We'll see you next time. Later, guys. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand the number one hunting and land management app.